Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Thankful for Hope, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on November 17th, 2019. And so if you would, grab your Bibles. There's extra Bibles under the chairs here. And uh, turn with me to the book of Revelation. We're going to be in chapter 21 this morning. And uh, the reason why we're in Revelation chapter one, 21, excuse me, is because this month we're in a series called Thankful Giving. And, uh, and we're looking almost like at an Advent dynamic of what we're thankful for and why we should be thankful in regards to the coming months and the things that we have to look forward to. You know, we're, we can be very thankful for the grace that each and every one of us has been given. Uh, we can be thankful for the faith that God has offered us. It's a faith in Him, a God that created us, that loved us. And now this morning, we're going to talk about the hope that has been given to us through this God. This passage that we're going to look at this morning, I believe, is, is probably one of the greatest passages of hope. It's a reminder for each and every one of us of the things that God has offered us, the things that, that God has promised us as his children, as people that would follow him, that would turn from the world and begin a life in his presence, living with him, for him, and by the grace that he's given us. So this morning, I'm excited to share that with you. And I, my prayer this morning is that we would be encouraged as we gain an understanding of what God has given us as, uh, as we move towards an understanding of this hope that he's offering us. You know, when my kids were, were littler, I remember I used to make them a lot of promises. I don't know, parents out there, kids out there, if, uh, if you remember that moment when daddy or mommy kind of promised you something, they shared something, hey, we're going to do this for you, or we're going to get you this, or, or maybe for your birthday, we're going to buy you this. And, you know, the, the kind of the excitement that, that came alive in my children as they, I made them a promise, or I, I gave them something that, that they could be hopeful for. And I just remember watching my kids and just how exciting, excited they were. And, you know, sometimes it was a moment when I would come home from work and, and they'd come running up to me, Daddy, Daddy, is today the day we're going? You know, because kids don't have a, a concept of time or, or an understanding of what day it is all the time. And, and so they come to me, Daddy, Daddy, today is today the day? Is today the day? They're so excited, you know. I'm like, no, no, today's not the day. Don't, don't worry, just a couple more sleeps, you know, a couple more days until till we get to do that. And okay, Daddy, okay, Daddy. And they're just so expectant, so excited about that moment when, when they get to do what Daddy has promised or they get to have or experience experience what daddy has promised. And I think for us as Christians, we can, we can learn a lot from the heart of a child because they're so expectant. They're, they're so welcoming. They're so, they're so open to the dynamic of what us as parents offer them in regards to care and, and hope and love and things and everything that kind of is reflective in this life. See, the heart of a child tells us a lot because it's what God points to when he tells us about how we should live and how we should respond to this love and these promises that he's given us. You know, my kids, they were hopeful and they were hopeful in knowing that what their daddy had promised, he would be sure to honor. Well, I want to ask you this morning, have you come, come with a heart of a child? Are, are you hopeful and expectant in knowing that God has promised you certain things in this life? Knowing and believing that God is going to, to honor that. Knowing that God is going to take care of that. That God has promised you this and that he will give it to you. 
if you just trust him and believe in him and do the things that he's asked you to do? Are you taking the promises of God seriously? Are you consumed with an expectant joy that expresses the excitement of knowing God will honor all, each and every one of his promises? See, what we have to understand in that moment where we receive his grace, when that moment when we come into faith in God, God has promised us some specific things. God has begun working in our lives so that he can do certain things through us to fulfill the purposes that he created us for. I want you to listen to what it says here in the Bible. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And then in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, we're reminded, it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, God's promise for all of his children is that we will spend eternity in his presence. See, this life is short and it's quick and it's fast. But there's this eternal promise that we enter into as we receive God's grace, as we enter into salvation and, and being restored. And he promises us that we will spend the rest of eternity in his presence. And we can be thankful for the hope that we found in a loving father that never goes back on his word. He keeps his promises. He fulfills the promises that he give, has given every one of us. Well, let's pray and then let's read about these promises. Let's read about this hope that has been given. Father God, we come before you and we bow our hearts. Father, we bow all that we are, our minds, our souls, everything that we have. We come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, each and every day we need to be reminded of this hope. Father, we gather on Sunday mornings together as a body of Christ, as, as your people, as your children, to be reminded of these promises, to be reminded of the hope that we have been given through your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, this morning as we read from your word, the words that you've given us, the revelation of who you are, Father, my prayer is not only for myself, but for those that have come, that, that we, would, we would know this hope that we would trust in this hope and that we would be thankful for it, Father, because your, your promises are faithful. Your word is true. And Father, everything that you've started in us, Father, we truly believe that you are going to see it through to the very end. Father, even in the midst of tough moments, even in the midst of trials, even in the moments when we don't want to lift up our hands and give you praise. Father, because we know that you are a faithful God and that you love us so deeply, so intently. And we're so grateful for that. Father, thank you for this moment. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit, Father. That you would guide us. And this morning that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, in Revelation chapter 21, I'd like to look at the first eight verses, read them together, and then we're going to talk about some very specific things that I believe God is promising us in regards to this hope. In verse 1, the Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for, as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. See, in our passage, God reveals to us the list of things that we can be thankful for. He has given us some promises. He is showing us what is to come. And I think you and I, this morning should pay close attention to the hope that is being offered. See, we can be hopeful for the future. We can be hopeful for the coming days because in verse 1 and 2, he says this. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And then in verse 2, he says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Pay close attention to this part. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. See, God right here is showing us our future. He's giving us this picture of what is to come. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are his holy city. And we have been adorned as the bride of Christ. See, this just means that, that, that there will be this union, this great, beautiful union between us and God. We'll become one as his children, as his family. We will become complete. We will be whole in Christ. See, this future is for all of God's children, both Jews, Gentiles, male and female, all those that profess a faith in Jesus Christ. It's our future, and it's what we can be thankful for. Galatians 3, 28 and 29 affirm this passage. It says, Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs to the promise. Do you catch that? We are heirs to God's promises. See, this is the future that God has prepared for all of his children. And it's because of Jesus Christ that we have become heirs to the promised future with him. We will spend all of eternity in God's presence. 
You might be asking yourself, well, Floyd, how do you know this? Well, just simply because the Bible tells us so. See, the Bible is God's revelation to man. The Bible is God's word spoken to man through man. It's what helps us to gain understanding in this picture of who God is exactly from A to Z, from beginning to end. We get this picture of this loving, compassionate, kind, wonderful, forgiving, amazing God that just loves us, that cares about us, that has created us. And with that creation, he has a plan for us and he's offered us his promises See, he has shown us who he is through the Bible. And because of this, we can be hopeful that we will be with God. If you look at verse 3, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Did you catch that? See, this is one of those wow moments. See, I don't know about you, but I, I can't even imagine what it's going to feel like or be like being in the presence of God. The awe, the wonder, the excitement, the joy, the affirmation that it's going to carry, just knowing that we're in the eternal presence of the God that loves us and cares for us and has watched over us. It's one of those things that, that's just so hard to wrap your minds around to kind of understand and even comprehend. See, we will dwell with God. We will be his holy city and he will be our Lord for all of eternity. Do you see the hope that God is sharing with us as he reveals to us through this revelation the hope that he is offering us here? See, God himself is telling us what he's going to do for us. If you were to turn back a few chapters to Revelation chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. Starting in verse 15. It says, Therefore, they, you and I, are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. And then in verse 17, he continues on. He says, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to the spring of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Doesn't that give us hope? Knowing that we'll be in the presence of God. That we'll experience all of this that God has promised us. Just as his believers. See because of this. We can be hopeful and what these passages tell us and remind us of is that you and I will be healed forevermore. You and I will be healed forevermore. Look what it says in verse 4 of our passage. Again, he says, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. 
and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big crybaby. <laughs> I cry when I'm happy. I definitely cry when I'm sad. I cry in moments when it's a cute love story. In fact, one of my favorite guys is Nicholas Sparks. He just gets to the heart, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm cheesy. I'm sorry. I'm a big crybaby. And, and to think about, I mean, think about all of the reasons why we shed tears. Think about all the mourning that we've experienced in our lives. And for some, maybe more so than others, but for every one of us, there's been trial, there's been pain, there's been confusion, there's been all of these things that have affected us and hurt us and caused these emotions inside of us. And yet there will be a day in the not so near future, that as we sit in the presence of God, that all of these things will pass away from us. See, we will be restored to God's original plan. We will be completely healed. And I think that's an appropriate word for this is healed. Because even though we're not always talking about a physical healing, even though we're not always talking about some kind of uh, emotional dynamic, we can understand the, the beauty of what God is promising us here is a spiritual healing. See, because God cares about our hurts and our pains. Don't get me wrong. But more so than that, He cares about our souls, He cares about our spiritual side. He cares about the, the breath of life that he gave us that's a part of him as he created us in his image. See, death has brought brokenness. Death has brought the hurt and the pain. Our sin, the fall of man, has brought all of this chaos into the world. And what our father did in his beautiful promise from the very beginning, what he set out to do, he said he's going to send someone to pay that price. And he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that you and I could be healed forevermore. See, our responsibility is just to receive that free gift. Our role is just to accept that free gift and trust in the hope that he has promised us and believe and wait with anticipation and excitement like a little child of knowing that, that one day, one day when we get to heaven, that we will be fully restored. That all those tears that, that we shed, they had a meaning. There was a purpose and there was a plan in each and every one of them. And that plan was to get us to the very point, to prepare us for an eternity in his presence. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that day. See, if this isn't something that gives you hope, then I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to get to know this God. I want to encourage you to, to take the time to, to open up the Bible and to read it. 
And seek to understand who this God is, the God that, that created you, the God that, that people say loves you, that, the God that people say cares about you, the God that, that people say wants the best for you. Because until you take the steps to do that, until you actually dive in and seek to gain an understanding, some insight to who he truly is, I don't know that, that we'll ever grasp the dynamic of this hope that is being offered to us. And I think the reason why we couldn't or wouldn't or don't is simply because the world consumes us. The world is out to destroy us. And for whatever reason, we've made the decision to to kind of follow along with the world. Even though we know that that it leads to death even though we know that that all of these things cause hurt and pain and destruction and turmoil in our lives, we've we've made the decision to kind of push God away and seek after the things that are in opposition to everything that God wants for us. I don't understand that completely. I just know that I personally have been guilty of that. I just know that there's times when I've walked away from God. There's times when I've turned my back on God. There's times when I've lived in disobedience to God. But I also know in the midst of that, God always reminds me of the hope that he's offered me. That God always reminds me that, that, that I can turn back to him and he'll be right there with me. And that he'll love me, he'll forgive me. He'll wash me and he'll cleanse me and he'll continue to do the work that he started from day one when I gave my life to him. See, forgiveness is for all mankind. What God is offering is not only offering it to me, but he's offering it to every person that sits in this room, every person that you go to work with. See, that's why we can be thankful for hope. See, because God has made some promises that he'll fulfill. God has made some things and done some things that he is doing continually over and over so that we can be hopeful because he is the God of salvation. That's a key word in our lives. That's a word that that we have to kind of remember and resonate on in regards to who we are in Christ Jesus. Look what it says here in verse six. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life, of the, from the spring of the water of life without pay, payment. See, that passage points to what Jesus has done for us when he died on the cross. What we'll celebrate here in just a few moments. The body that was broken, the blood that was shed. See, he is offering us this living water. He is offering us salvation. But we have to understand, salvation means that we are saved, but we have to also understand, what are we saved from? Well, for me, I was saved from a life of sin. I was saved from from going down a path of of sexual morality, impure thoughts. I was saved from a life of of death and destruction, a life that that led to hurt and pain, abuse. 
I don't know what you've been saved from. I do know what I've been saved from. And because of that, I have hope. And I, and I pray as you wrestle through that dynamic of what you've been saved from, I pray that you'll see the hope that God is offering you. Because listen again to, to what he says in the second part. He says, to the thirsty, I will give life. And this life comes from the spring of the water of life. And it comes without payment. There's nothing you can do to earn it. See, God has given it to you. He's offering this salvation to you and I. He's showing us the kind of God that he is. He's showing us the love that he exudes for his creation. And there are a few things that we can see here in this passage. One is that his work is finished. At this point in time, at the the end, when God reveals himself to all of creation, he says, it is done. He is all powerful. Two is that he is the God of creation. He's all-knowing. He's the beginning and he is the end. He was here before us and he'll be here after us. He's the forever God. And the last thing that we see here is that he is the giver of salvation. The Bible is very clear. He tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, truth, and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You have to come before Christ And you have to come to him through Christ. You have been adopted into this family. And it's because of who he is that we can know that the hope that we have been promised will be given to us. See, he's the only one that can give life. He created it and he controls it. See, I can't give you hope. I can only point you to hope. You can't give anybody hope but you can point them to hope. And that hope comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says here in Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18. This is the words of Jesus. He says, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I, I hold the keys of death and Hades. See, as we think about all these things that remind us of hope today, how we can be thankful for this hope that we've been offered, the last thing that we see here is that we can be hopeful because God has promised us. See, he has promised. It's a father's promise, a father to his child. And he's going to honor those promises. Look at verses 7 and 8. He says, the one who conquers. I like that word conquer. Because it gives you a dynamic or a picture of an overcomer. When you conquer something, you've overcome it. See, the one who conquers will have his heritage, his reward, his inheritance. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I don't know how many of us realize that, that there is a second death. I think, I think if we gain a greater understanding of that, 
And I would encourage you to do more than just listen to this passage. I would do, encourage you to, to kind of open up your, your Bible and read on um, through this chapter. But the dynamic of understanding this second death. Because we all realize that we're going to die eventually. You know, I, I don't really want to die. <laughs> I want to spend a little more time with my family and friends and all that stuff. But I know that I'm going to die. I mean, it, it's in front of me. I, I mean, there's just no question. You know, one out of every one person will die, right? 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100, it's no question. But I don't think we, we live in this present life with the understanding that there may be a second death. And what Jesus is offering us is just a single death. See, Jesus is telling us that, that he promises us if we put our faith and our trust in him, if we receive the grace and the mercy that he's offering us, that there will be no second death for us. And not only did he promise us this, but he came and he lived and he died and he rose again. So that we can see and gain an understanding that death isn't final for us. That we have a hope. We have a future. That he has plans to prosper us, to give us this hope and this future. See, it's a promise from God our Father. And it's for His children. See, He will be our God if we put our faith in Him. But there's also a promise for the faithless, for those that, that choose not to overcome their sin, for those that, that choose not to, to turn away from, from disobedience, even knowing that, that there is a God of hope that loves them, that would move them and, and care for them and, and help them to overcome. There is a promise for the faithless. See, and I think he gives us this understanding of the second death as a charge to stay faithful. It's a reminder for me Every word that God has shared in this passage has is, is spoken to me this week and it's a reminder that, that no matter what I go through, no matter what I deal with in this life, no matter whether you follow him or, or the world follows him or you don't follow him, I need to stay faithful. And I need to be thankful for the hope that he's given me. That I should enter in, into his presence with a heart of gratitude knowing that he has promised me something and that he's going to fulfill those promises. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? I pray that you do. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you. Father, I don't know the hearts of every person in this room. I don't know the things that they've struggled with in this lifetime, or the hurt or the pain that they've had to deal with, the loss the anxiety, the struggles, the relational issues. Father, the list goes on. We, we've all struggled. We've all experienced pain. We've all shed tears. Father, but your word, your word gives us a promise. This book that we, we call our Bible tells us the truth. It gives us a picture of who you truly are. It gives us a greater understanding of the hope and the love and the faith that you've offered every person that you've created. Father, you look past our sin and you look at our hearts 
And you see us as your children. You see us as people that that you love so dearly and so deeply and so intimately. Father, this morning, I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for the moments when, when I'm sinful, that you still love me. Father, thank you for the moments when I, when I turn my back on you or I have doubt or, or I'm unfaithful. Thank you for still loving me and still pursuing me. Father, thank you that, that we gather together as a church body, as the bride of Christ, as a holy city. Father, that we can come into your presence. Father, that we can encourage one another and remind each other of this hope. Father, thank you for the revelation that you've given us in this book. Father, I pray that we would take it seriously. Father, that we would see you with reverence, Father, a a holy fear of an understanding of a God that loves and cares for and has promised and is at work and doing great things not only in us, but wants to do great things through us also, but also that we would understand, God, you hold the keys to death and Haiti. Father, you, you hold our lives in your hand. And Father, you're offering us a drink. Father, and that we would receive that drink this morning, that cup, the living water. It's refreshing. It brings new life. And it gives us everything that we need. We will never be thirsty again because what, have you, what you have given us. Father, we bow before you this morning and we offer you ourselves, Father. We humbly come before you, ask that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would wash us and cleanse us. Make us into the people that you created us to be, Father. Remind us of that hope, the promises that you have for us. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.